0: There's no better way to kick off Halloween weekend and celebrate my birthday than with a live show in our hometown of Dallas, Texas. For one night only
1: on October 27th, we are presenting a special live show at the iconic Texas
0: Theater in Dallas, Texas. It's our last Sinisterhood live show of 2022, so don't miss it. If you can't make it to Dallas, you'll still be able to join in on all the creepy fun by purchasing a virtual ticket. More information about virtual tickets will be coming soon. All other tickets are available now and can be purchased at sinisterhood.com/slash live shows. See you on October
1: 27th. A bump in the night, your heart fills with dread. Probably a murderer who wants you dead. It could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. You're the victim of a witch's curse It's hopeless, you're doomed You'd call a priest if you could You'd rather just listen to who? Sinisterhood I'm gonna kill you Welcome everyone to another edition of Freaky Friday And you know what's the freakiest thing of all? Technology Because if you can't travel to Dallas to hang out with us in person, the freakiness of technology can transport you is what I just heard.
0: Oh, on our show on October October 27th. 27th.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm just so excited that it's not, I mean, TBD on details, but probably maybe by the time some of you are listening, Everything's all worked out and everything, but we're gonna be able to invite y'all to Dallas. So Mm -hmm. I'm just still I'm I know we talked about it right before the show started, but I just wanted to also talk about it at the top of the show because it is a thing we hear all the time. I'm in Australia, I'm in the
0: UK. Mm -hmm. I wish I could be
1: there not only just at any show with us, at our hometown in a badass place.
0: Yep, it's going to be a very fun time. We'll have more information on the virtual component of it soon. If you can make it in person, tickets are available now. So head on over to SinisterHood.com slash live shows to get yours. I know VIP is sold out, but there are some general admissions still available. So exciting. Well, this week you have, speaking of exciting, you've curated a
1: lineup of ghosts and all kinds of, I see the very first subject line.
0: Not one you expect to see. Uh, it's also going to be the name of our next improv troupe. <laughs> it's uh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually in an improv troupe called Horse Doctor. Oh,
1: there you for go. For once. If,
0: yeah. If it's a real bad horse doctor, this is what you This can. is, you got to go, you're a ghost horse after you or see Or even if you're him. a good horse doctor, it's just with time. Bit true. We all at some point pass on. Well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get Freaky. This first one, like we said, is called Ghost Horses, and this is from Caitlin. Hello! This story is extremely country, so please bear with me. I live in southeast Wyoming, in the middle of nowhere. About three weeks ago, two semis collided on a stretch of I 80 in this area that isn't necessarily, obviously, dangerous, just monotonous. And there is a lot of semi traffic. It was a huge and fiery crash. Two people died. About a week after this crash, I was traveling the same stretch of interstate with my friend and mentor on our way to a goat show. Click here for a photo of my proud stage mom moment. And we passed the spot where this crash had occurred. Some important context. This location is just down the road from where my friend lost her teenage daughter in a crash about six years ago. She was not wearing a seatbelt and was ejected, a huge issue in this part of the country. Only a month after losing her daughter... My friend saw another accident happen in front of her on this same area and pulled over to help only to have an older woman who was involved pass away right in front of her. There have been a number of fatal accidents right along this stretch of I-80. I asked my friend as we drove over the blackened asphalt, what do you think this stretch has so many accidents? She pointed at a yellow house just off the interstate and said, do you see that house right there? When I first moved here over 20 years ago, That house had about 75 Arabian horses. They were not all well taken care of, and many of them died due to malnourishment. Horses need a ton of food in our Wyoming winters to stay healthy. She continued, Some folks out here believe that those horses that died are still here and can cause drivers to suddenly swerve when they think they see a horse on the interstate. I told her, I'm torn because I love the thought that animals and humans can have a spirit world, but I would love for them to not spend their afterlife running at vehicles on the interstate. My friend told me that everything with a soul can have a spirit, and then proceeded to tell me some additional stories about strange happenings at her property, including what I can only describe as a haunted manure pile that her horses react very strongly to. She buries the animals that pass on her property in the pile to help their organic material compost and find new life. Like I said... This is a country story. She gave me a few other stories about her daughter coming home to visit in her afterlife. Although those stories aren't necessarily mine to tell, I do have some comfort knowing that the animals and people I love and have loved might choose to visit me when the time comes. I have now become obsessed with the idea that these ghost horses are wreaking havoc in their afterlife and hope you found this story as interesting as I did. Love you both in every single thing you do. I cannot express how much I appreciate your work. If you ever find yourself in the Cheyenne area on accident, I would love to help you navigate our strange part of the world. Much love, Caitlin. Well, Caitlin, we've gotten stories about
1: dog spirits and cat spirits, so stands to reason there are horse spirits, and if it's a... Open plains area, and the horses go back to what they love after they die. They probably want to run free, even if that means there's a highway that they're running across. Because they don't, you know, they're not paying attention to that. Well, they should, because they they're should. causing a lot of deaths.
0: Yeah. That's, so we need that's a what's medium.
1: Happening. We need someone who's a horse trainer and a medium. There's a concentric circle that they're both right in the middle, and they can go make contact with the horses and guide them. To stay around. in their field. Yeah. But I do love that your friend is making new life after, out of the past on horses. And if it creates a haunted manure pile, that's just going to be, you know, that's a, I won't say a perk of the job, but that's going to be a, hazard, a job hazard. You have to prepare yourself for
0: that. I want A&E to make a series about this, this whole oh, story. It's, they would. It's ripe for multiple crossovers. You it's have cold. paranormal, perhaps... um, some sort of true crime or just at the very least animal endangerment if 75 horses is a lot of horses to have and not be responsible and take care of them horses that are is, beautiful majestic creatures and to let them just starve is you're a monster
1: oh that's horrifying and especially they're so smart and and it's like you say with pigs like they have a consciousness mm-hmm. and it, well a the consciousness probably does mean that they're is a possibility for ghosts, but they know they're suffering. You know I mean? We all know on a guttural level, even if the smallest amoeba would know it's, I would think, somehow know it's suffering, but horses having that higher level of intelligence, it's I mean, you're torturing them. Yeah.
0: It is sad. It's also super sad to lose your daughter and then have someone pass right in front of you. Sounds like the city of Cheyenne needs to do something about this stretch of road. Put up some... I don't know what, I'm not a road engineer, but do something. Floodlights or, or, uh, markings? A, a fence. I mean, I, I don't, ghosts don't pay attention to fences, but, you know, whatever we can do to, uh, help the living, uh, yeah. make it safely across there. Yeah. Reduce those accidents for real. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin. This next one is from Jessica, and this is Bernie the Boogeyman or How I Relearned to Love Popeyes. Howdy, friends. My partner and I just moved from Dallas to Colorado Springs. Your podcast makes me feel at home in my new environment. I deeply appreciate and respect the work you two do. Thank you for putting in the time and effort to bring these stories to us. Anywho, let's get freaky, shall we? I was born and lived most of my childhood behind the pine curtain of deep East Texas. Once my mom graduated college, she accepted a job in a small town named Carthage. Y'all, she's incredible. My biological father left her with two babies, Irish twins. My brother was born in January of 1992, and I was born in December of 1992. But she mustered through, finished college, and found a job almost immediately, all at the age of 23, 24. She just retired, and she is my hero. For context, we lived in Carthage from 1993 to 2000. During that time, a man named Bernie Teedy lived with an elderly woman named Marjorie Nugent. Now I’m not one to speak ill of the dead. However, it was well known that Miss Nugent was a monolithic jack hole. Bernie, on the other hand, was beloved by the community and helped many families as an assistant funeral home director. But she and Bernie had an odd friendship despite that. They were always seen together. They took trips around the world, and Bernie waited on Marjorie hand and foot. There were no romantic motives. As the years went by, putting up with Marjorie's jackholery became too much for Mr. T.D. So he shot her and buried her underneath a bunch of chicken pot pies in her deep freezer. The story goes, she was such a bitch, no one came looking for her. Finally, someone requested a welfare check, and the truth was uncovered. I only really know the details as they've been explained to me. No one deserves that kind of death, regardless of their behavior. I am not excusing his actions— merely setting the scene that was laid out for me. Here comes my part in this. We lived down the road from Miss Nugent. Whenever my brother and I would misbehave, old boogeyman Bernie would be surely watching us through the windows to make sure we cut it out. There's a movie named Bernie about the incident, starring Jack Black, Shirley MacLaine, and Matthew McConaughey. The latter plays the DA, who also worked with my mom on her divorce proceedings from my aforementioned father. They did old Danny Buck Davidson a huge favor, casting Mr. McConaughey, as the two are about as similar as Peaches and Beans. Love y'all so much. Thank you so much for reading. Take care. Well,
1: first of all, I love saying behind the pine curtain, which is they say that in the Bernie movie
0: in the little intro. It's a very great movie. It's you think Jack Black, he... He, he does a great job. Shirley McLean is all, always wonderful. Matthew McConaughey is great. It's a really great movie. It's a wild story. And if you haven't yet watched it yet, go watch it because they do a really good job of covering it and making him an endearing character that you care about. But he also commits... Cold-blooded murder. Yeah. Well, and
1: then it just is a testament to how good of a friend he was and Mm -hmm. member of the community that people are kind of like, well, but you guys are going to be cool, right? Like, we're going to let him go, right? Like, don't, come on, don't be, it's Bernie. We love him. But that's wild that that's the, you know, we've all had that neighbor that peeks out the window that it just so happens to be this huge figure in East Texas lore. Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely going to adopt saying something about a similar peaches and beans.
0: How have I never heard that before? It's I don't know, but it's in awesome. my vernacular. Immediately went in. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for sending that in. We always love stories from our neck of the woods, and this literally was in the woods. This next one is from Jamie, and it is called, I exist in a dream world, and sleep paralysis is no joke. Hey, ladies. First off, love the show. Shout out to my fellow attorney, Heather. Heather. Anyway, let's get into it. I have always had strange relationships with sleep, in particular, dreams. I'm one of those weird people who can remember 80% of the dreams I have every night with ease, and it took me so long to realize this wasn't quite normal. I'm a natural lucid dreamer who has never had to train for it. I can control what happens and realize when I'm in a dream so I can modify something. For example, one time I got frustrated in my dream for being lost, and my dream self said, I'm over this. I'm waking up now. And I woke up. I can create tools I need or powers such as flight. I also have dreamscapes that repeat. For example, if I dream of my childhood home or grandparents' house, it always has the same layout. It's different than what it actually looks like, but in the dream, the same each time. Same with different cities. So I guess my brain has full worlds built up that I can just exist within. Even now, while in my awakened state, I know what would happen if in a dream I found myself in a local amusement park. I know the layout of that dream park, how to leave, where the roads will take me, and the fact that at some point I'll have to get in a boat and ride it in a round trip three times before I can get home. I have no idea why this happens. Sometimes I wonder if I can actually move my consciousness between two realities. Our world while I'm awake and this dream world that exists while I'm asleep. However, to the sleep paralysis, I used to never get it, but in recent years realized that it can get triggered mainly when I take cold medicine like NyQuil. It is now to the point where I refuse to take anything with an antihistamine in it because I know that it's going to trigger sleep paralysis. The worst situation was when I was in college. I was sleeping and I started to dream that I was awake and could see two people standing on either side of my bed. It was my exact bedroom, including it being dark for how late it was in the night. There was a red-headed woman in a dress and a man with his face obscured in a suit. They looked at each other, and the man said, It is his time to go, so I guess we should do it. Both of them looked at me directly, and I suddenly couldn't breathe. My dream self blacked out, and I woke up unable to breathe and gasping for breath and shaking. This triggered the only panic attack I've ever had in my entire life. I curled up in the fetal position and started sobbing as I tried to catch my breath. It wasn't until another 30 minutes that I was even able to move out of that position, and another hour for me to finally fall back asleep. I can still vividly remember this situation, even though by now it's been 10 years. I've never had a sleep paralysis instance as severe before, but have gotten it since, mainly when sick. Other instances include a small civilization is crawling all over me. Imagine Gulliver's Travels. And an instance where I thought a demon was coming after me, including dragging me out of bed and towards the ceiling. It felt immensely real, even though I know it wasn't. I haven't had sleep paralysis in a few years. I'm pretty sure it gets triggered when I'm sick, since that seems to be the common denominator. Either way, I now cannot take any sort of cold medicine since there's the constant fear of my sleep paralysis triggering. Once I tried watching a documentary on sleep paralysis, and honestly couldn't even finish it because it was affecting me so much that I feared if I finished, I'd be getting some new experiences. Side note, don't believe the myth that you can't die in your dreams. I have died before in a lucid dream, where my body essentially exploded with fire because I was trying to save others that were traveling in my group. I fell into what felt like limbo for who knows how long until I finally woke up. Still one of the strangest experiences I've ever felt I had to include this because this is me yeah I'm not him yeah I'm not I'm not Jamie but reading this last night my jaw literally dropped I was like wait a second this it's not it's not normal to remember all of your dreams it's not normal to be able to control your dreams and know you're dreaming and be able to all of a sudden just fly and create tools because I do that all the time. Yeah. Is that not badass. a normal I thing? Did it,
1: I developed it as a reaction to having significant sleep paralysis where I started doing like training my brain to be, it's, I like read this article of like how to get yourself to lucid dream. And so it, I don't have the sleep paralysis because I would get where somebody was like attacking me or chasing me or holding me down. And now if somebody does that in my dream, I just, I, I'm like a superhero. I can just like push them off.
0: I've never had to train for it, much like Jamie, but I've always just known just that happens. I'm dreaming. Yeah, I know that I'm dreaming. I know that, oh, there! I had one, maybe the worst nightmare I've ever had in my life last night. Like, I'm still shaken by it. And in the dream, I knew, like, I needed to create these things to be able to fight off this serial killer that was after me and my family. It was very scary. It was A lot of people like that, have uh, relatives I had that have passed on were in it and alive and it was just very unsettling. But I also have these dreamscapes where they repeat. So that's what you were saying one time, right? Yeah, it's mine are more like the whole world or the whole like, like this whole dream world is a repeating dreamscape. And occasionally there'll be like different things in it, but it's always the same thing of me having to escape from like a warehouse, creepy building type thing, or it's just in a area where nefarious things are going on and I'm trying to, and I know that I have to get away. So I'm like, okay, time to fly. And I got to run and mm-hmm. jump and fly. And I know in the dream I can fly because I know I'm dreaming. So it was it was um, nice to hear that someone else experiences the exact same things. It was interesting to hear that it's not how everybody dreams. Yeah, Dreams is- are weird. Dreams are fucking wild. And I know they're personal to everybody and everybody probably, they affect everyone differently and everybody does it differently. Yeah, definitely. If the
1: NyQuil is doing it, it sounds like a good plan to stay away from the mm-hmm. antihistamines. And, but the problem is too, I think you start to fear it so much. I wonder if psychologists can chime in. You would then say, Well, if I watch this documentary about sleep paralysis, I'm going to get sleep paralysis only by virtue of you told yourself that. Like, you've convinced Mm -hmm. yourself this will happen and therefore it will... You know, I don't know how all the sleep paralysis could just be chemically induced, it sounds like, as well, but... Don't uh don't cook your chicken in NyQuil because
0: apparently that's what the youths are doing. <laughs> don't cook any food in NyQuil. Who's cooking stuff in NyQuil? It's it's a viral thing. This is like when people is say, this real eating... Is this how everybody thought everybody was eating Tide Pods and no that's one? It's exactly was. what I
1: was just gonna say. It's like the Tide Pod thing. Everybody's like, Oh, every all the maybe one person did it and then it's like you gotta hear about what's happening with the Tide Pods and then it's on the news all of a sudden. So apparently that was a viral sensation. I always wonder too if it's not just some teens going, Let's say we did this and see if we can get on, you know, twenty 20 or whatever
0: or go viral yeah i can't take sleep or cold medicine before sleep because it makes me super jittery and i feel like i'm crawling out of my skin but it doesn't really make me have weird dreams benadryl
1: i won't wake up for 13 15 hours oh yeah yeah
0: that'll knock
1: that 'll knock you out for sure yeah these those dreams are no joke that's why i stopped taking when i was having sleep paralysis and very bad night terrors and they gave me ambient i just didn't take the rest of it because it knocked me out so bad, and then it it almost did cause like it t- took away the night terrors, but like it was hard to wake up or you know if I need to get up and go to the bathroom, I was like I can't stand up. But it's just your mm-hmm. brain getting pushed down into that sleep. So
0: ambient I took, yes. and it never it helped me sleep some, but I never had the weird side effects that a lot of people have, mm-hmm. like sleepwalking Art-wall? or just getting in your car and driving That's and you're crazy. not even Someone's aware.
1: Like- I baked a whole cake when I was asleep. Like, what? Or I I, ate. I went in and ate the dog food uh because I just was dreaming that I was at the movie theater eating popcorn. And I just opened the box and started crunching. It's like. Mm
0: -hmm. (gasps) Yeah. If I bake a cake in my dreams, something is really going on because I won't even bake that in my waking life. (laughs) So what if all of a sudden I realize if I I start sleepwalking and I'm an excellent baker? (laughs) What a fun and discovery! You're like, we're
1: the bakery's only open
0: <laughs> after she's been asleep From two a.m. to seven a.m. That's
1: the only time you can get these these baked goods, and we're sold out. That's mm-hmm. it. Well, this next one is from Bex, and the subject line is "Accidental International Drug Smuggler." Hi, ladies. I want to thank you for many hours of sinistertainment and laughs. And a special shout-out to Heather for calming my nerves about flying with an expired license. I had no problems at all and didn't even get checked by the TSA. You were so kind to respond. Anyway, to my story pausing to say, didn't always happen when we were traveling together. Nah, nah, you'll get pulled over for an expired license every time. (laughs) But I do remember your DM, Bex, and I was like, here's a link to the TSA. Here's what we did with Christy. It's a crapshoot on who you interact with. While Bex writes, My father passed away unexpectedly when I was 25 and left me a substantial life insurance policy. After paying off the mortgage to his house and my own student loans, I decided to take an extended vacation to try to deal with my grief. I quit my job and bought two one-way tickets for myself and my then-boyfriend, now-husband, to Amsterdam. Our plan was to spend a week there enjoying all the cultural delights and then travel on to Italy, France, etc. A real grand tour, if you will. We were quite the regular partakers back then. Frankly, still are. Don't tell me building Legos after an MC isn't the best. It was during that first week, walking along the canals and taking in the incredible art museums that we really began to fall in love. Plus, we both felt pretty badass walking around smoking weed in public. After the first heart attack of walking by a cop, of course. But our week in Amsterdam quickly came to a close and we were ready to move on to our next destination, Rome. So we hopped on an overnight train and were on our way. We were sharing a sleeper car with a couple of backpackers and ended up with the top bunks. We made our way through Belgium and France, and I just could not get to sleep. As a last resort, I decided to dig my book out of my purse and try to read myself to sleep. As I'm digging for my book light, I find a half a smoke joint in the bottom of my bag. Oh, shit. My boyfriend is fast asleep, as are the two men below us. I don't want to wake anyone up. What do I do? I've got to flush it. I start to move toward the ladder to get down and go down the hall to the bathroom when I hear the door to the car opening. I flatten myself to the bed, heart hammering out of my chest, mind going to every inconceivable place. And then my worst fears are realized. It's the police with a dog. Oh my god. I'm lying there thinking they smelled it when we got on. I was flagged. I'm definitely going to prison. What country are we even in right now? I am not made for prison. That dog can definitely hear my heart. What am I going to tell my mom? Oh fuck. The dog sniffed beneath the lower bunks and made a round of the car. They were probably only inside for a minute, but it felt like an hour to me. And then they left. I waited 20 minutes, willing myself to calm the fuck down pretty unsuccessfully, then ran down the hall and flushed the joint. In the light of the day, it was obvious they were searching for bombs, but you could not have convinced me of that in that moment. I was sure I was going to end up on an episode of Locked Up Abroad, and I did not sleep at all that night. We pulled into Rome, and I was bleary-eyed and paranoid, but the rest of our trip was a dream, and we got engaged a month after returning home. We even brought back a dog. That was 12 years ago, and my husband still laughs at how dramatic I think this story is. But it traumatized the hell out of me. Thanks again for all the hours of good company. I hope to be able to catch y'all on tour one day and say thanks in person.
0: Why do the police come in while a bunch of people are sleeping with a dog? That seems disruptive. I mean, regardless if you have nothing in there, that's scary. You're like, I'm trying to sleep, man. Also. (laughs) You I mean, I guess like- they have the right to do that. I've never traveled like this internationally on a, on a train or anything, so I don't know how the drug stuff works. Half a joint, personally, I thought this story was going to go that she wanted to smoke it and didn't want to wake <laughs> anybody up. I didn't realize Good. she was worried that she was going to get caught and needed to go flush it on the toilet, which sounds like something you would do. Yes. <laughs> you probably would wake up to smoke and be like, fuck it, it's a train. Yeah.
1: I'm not going to tell. Eh, it's fine. And I'd be like, <laughs> I'm going to go to jail for the rest of my life. I will never see my family again. I completely understand uh, definitely that uh, overreaction as a person who panics. I told you I poured anyway, yada, yada. I ended up trying to pour some MC drops in Canada into a face primer. And then you're like, you can't drink that. If it's been in a face primer bottle that you didn't wash out, just throw it out. and Don't yeah. do that next time. And I was like, I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't face it.
0: So... <laughs> You brought back a lot of stuff from Canada. (laughs) I don't know why the face, the drops were the thing that did it for you. I was like, I'm going, going down,
1: man. Uh, I will say, traveling by train, a lot of fun. Uh, I would, I would be terrified if I was awoken by anyone in the night because that was my one thing sleeping on the Amtrak is the door closes and you just assume, oh, I'm safe. No one's going to just open the door in the night and to wake up and there's. Does it not lock? It well. I thought that it latched from the inside, but I wonder if it's the authorities. They they have some way to undo mm-hmm. it. But
0: still, yeah. that's the scariest terrifying. part to me is you're asleep and just your door opens when everyone that should be in that room is already in there. That is very scary. De- and then, like, it's so weird. Do the cops just think everyone will just stay asleep or you just pretend you're asleep while they just look for bombs?
1: Well, and I'm thinking, too, If what if you wake somebody up who's, easily started and they just want to, like, fight. They don't yeah. know who you are. Or they it have seems a like they
0: should knock on the door and be like, police, we're coming in, and then right? go in Which and do something. Which is still rude to
1: wake everyone up, but you got to do what you got to do. I yeah. get it. But, yeah, don't just go sniffing around in the night. Well, thank you, Bex, for sending that, and congratulations on your very romantic love story. It sounds mm-hmm. like a wonderful end to that European vacation. This next one is from Piper, and the subject line is, pranked by my house ghost or... Home Invasion. Hey ladies, thank you for everything you do to make the pod. I work the night shift as a lab tech in a blood cancer lab, perfect cover for a vampire if you ask me, and listening to the episodes keeps my mind occupied when things go bump in the night. Now, to the story. Back in college, I was driving home for winter break in order to fly to Hawaii to visit my dad. My school was six hours away, and the drive could take anywhere up to 10 hours, depending on traffic. After taking my last final of the semester, I hopped in the car and drove home, making it home just before 9 p.m. A friend who was coming on the trip met me at the house, and we went inside together. Now, just for some background, every house I've lived in since childhood has had a presence in it. My mom's side of the family is sensitive to things like that, and so it became a normal part of life. If I ever felt eyes watching me, or that heavy feeling on my chest, I would politely tell whatever it was to cut it out and leave me alone, which usually it promptly did. I also happen to have misophonia, which becomes increasingly more sensitive when it seems like a sound is being hidden or muted on purpose, and I can't figure out what it is. Back to the story. When we first walked in, I felt like something was off. There is a strange feel to the house, but I chalked it up to the house being empty for several months while I was at school. One thing I noticed was a charger that I always left plugged in the guest room for visitors had been unplugged, wrapped up neatly, and placed on the coffee table. Nobody had been in the house since I left for school, at least no one I knew of. Brushing it off, my friend Z and I planned on staying up the whole night since our flight was early in the morning. However, we got tired, so we went into my room to rest for a bit before we had to leave. Z had passed out the second her head hit the pillow, but I was restless. I began to read a book when I started to get that strange, heavy feeling in my chest. I thought I'd heard something like a creak. Sounded like the front door opening, but I was just hearing things, right? Then I heard it again. A slight squeak. I froze. I'm sure anyone would agree that you know the noises your house makes. Which floorboards creak, what the sound of your front door opening would sound like. I poke my friend and rouse her hastily, whispering, Get up! I think there's someone in the house! She grumbles but doesn't move, so I poke her again, Z! Z, get up! I think I just heard someone walk in the house! Then, another faint squeak from the front of the house. She finally gets up and looks me in the eye. Quietly, she whispers, You're joking, right? At this point, my spidey senses are tingling, and every nerve in my body is firing like a live wire. I shake my head, any restraint on my voice gone, and say, no, someone just walked in the house. Dead silence. You could have heard a pin drop for several seconds and then loud, thundering footsteps running toward the door and the heavy bang of it slamming shut behind. I launched from the bed, grabbing my phone, racing out of the room to the front of the house. In hindsight, it was not a good idea as I had no weapon to defend myself if there was, in fact, someone in my house. Alone, with just my phone light in hand, I stormed to the front of the house, listening to the sound of the screen door slam into the frame the second I turned the corner. I rushed forward and slammed the deadbolt lock closed, something that I should have been done in the first place, but I'd always just used the doorknob lock for convenience. I run back to my bedroom to find my friend Z hiding under the covers. After pulling her out of bed, she was shaking. She nervously told me that after I ran out and she heard the door slam, the outdoor motion light went on heading toward the back of the house. I called the cops on the non-emergency line, and they ended up sending a half dozen officers to scout the area. I unlocked the deadbolt after calling, but left the doorknob locked. Then I went to the back of the house with Z while waiting for the cops to arrive, which they did while we were looking for another charger. By the time I heard the cops knock and I was able to walk to the front, they'd opened my door and walked in despite the lock still being engaged. Now, I look quite young for my age, and when detailing what had just happened to the young, buff 20-something cops who were taking my statement, they were shocked to find out I was 22 years old and not a 14-year-old girl who got scared of a bump in the night after staying home alone. After the scared little girl explanation didn't fit anymore, the rookie cops proceeded to tell me that they didn't think I was making it up or uh, didn't hear what I said I did, but it'd be impossible for someone to break in, leave no damage, and take nothing especially because they didn't think my voice was enough to scare off someone who had broken in. All I could do was stand there like an idiot and let these cops tell me I was a scared little girl who imagined it all. Until an older cop came in from outside and said, well actually your doorknob lock has been jammed. Even if you lock the knob, when the door is closed, if you just twist it hard enough, it pops right open. To which the rest of the officers shrugged, said they didn't find anything, and left. So, What do you think, ladies? Was the resident house ghost who moves my chargers and talks while I'm trying to fall asleep trying to scare me? Or did someone walk into my house at 3 o'clock in the morning and disappear before I could confront them? Thank you in advance if you guys read this on the pod. I have a ton more stories to tell if you guys are interested in hearing more, like the time I accidentally found the back rooms in a hospital.
0: Love you guys. Keep it creepy. Before we address anything... Please send in the story about how you accidentally found the back rooms in a hospital because I am downing back rooms rabbit hole right now. Oh, I'm obsessed you? with the back rooms. What is back rooms? I- you don't know what the back rooms are? Is it like a storage place? <laughs> <laughs> not really. Do you remember when I sent you the link to? Oh, I know you're on some because you went, oh, not really. <laughs> you're like animated. You like lit up. Do you remember when I sent you the link to that TikTok of how I was watching and I was like, what is this? Is this a game? And it was just the first person perspective of yes. walking through all yes. of – that's the back rooms. Oh, but I that was- is a – that is like a virtual reality game called back rooms. See, I was
1: extremely high one night and I was sending money to people on TikTok. <laughs> and one of one of the guys was walking Sending money to
0: people is that what you said
1: yeah like uh gifts rewards if i like their right right and um one guy was like doing that first person thing i didn't know that was a thing but he was walking the forest and he said if you sent him a certain gift a certain level that he would say your name or he would turn around and look behind him and so i sent him the gift and he goes i can't turn around right now and i was like fuck you man i want a refund still annoyed i'm still annoyed by that but loser
0: I didn't know. That's I, not the back rooms because the back rooms aren't in the forest. The back yeah, rooms this was are just like, like this a
1: first person.
0: Yeah, the back rooms. In fact, I wrote a note down yesterday when I was pulling this story that that for us to do an episode on the back rooms. It's this whole conspiracy theory. I don't know <gasps> if you would call it that. Where I just got chills.
1: We're doing it. It's the next episode <laughs> after the moment the patreons voted on. Deal. You can <laughs>
0: accidentally stumble upon the back rooms. And then if you do, you perhaps can't get out. And it's just, like, hallway upon hallway in, like, kind of like my dreams. Like, giant warehouses or just hallways in a... I guess she found it in the hospital. And you don't know how to get out. And it's just, like, you're turning. And it's kind of like... um, the, uh, like a glitch in the matrix kind of thing. We're doing and it. And then maybe you get out, maybe you don't, maybe you get stuck back there. It's very creepy and you can get real sucked in, literally and figuratively, to the whole idea. I'm
1: in. I'm in. I just read the one single line description. What was I it? got chills. What was the description? Yeah. Let me, I just closed it. Is this from Wikipedia? I just Googled it. I said, What is the back rooms? And it says, Exactly what the backrooms are is a difficult question to answer. They are a space that exists outside of reality, and as a result, they do not behave the way we usually expect spaces to behave. They go on forever.
0: Mhm. And in the <laughs> the VR thing on TikTok I was watching, there would be a monster or something that she would be trying to get away from and like she just kept resetting to the beginning of the whole thing. So it was, like, on a loop, and, like, somebody in the chat was like, it's like Groundhog Day, but forever. Like, nothing you do, you're just stuck. It's very creepy. All that to say, please send in your story about that. If anybody else has some backroom stories, please send in your backroom stories. Did it. As far as the rest of this story from Piper... I think that was a home invader. I think somebody I think had been so. living in your house um, because they probably knew it was empty for months on end since mm-hmm. no one was there and you were at school. And kind of like the the key one we covered in a previous one, of the guy that just showed up at the apartment of the flight attendant because he's like, I got this key uh, and didn't expect anybody to be home. I think somebody was probably – Using your place to sleep and stuff, and um, did not expect you to be there when you were, and got spooked by your voice. Which that's good. I'm glad they ran off, and you didn't have to confront them. It sounds like they didn't want to be have to confront you either. It sucks that these dickhead cops didn't believe what you were saying, and I'm glad that the 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 main guy came in and was like, "Actually, she's right." Mm-hmm. Actually, did you
1: notice how the fucking knob popped right yeah, open? Yeah, did you notice,
0: idiots, how you opened the door even though it was locked? How do you think you did that? You're the one that just came in.
1: Mm-mm. No, I think you're right the, that it was a... Maybe somebody was living there temporarily, part-time, here and there, and mm-hmm. then when they came in and either heard something or maybe even just saw, like, a bag or something Evidence, out, yeah, like, that oh, fuck, someone else has been in here, turn around and run out. But I told you, a friend of mine had gone on a girl's trip and they were at an airbnb and it was the front door at the bottom of a set of stairs and then a set of stairs up and then that's how you got in the airbnb and i believe they had thought they had locked the bottom door did not lock the top door because they're like oh the bottom door is locked and somebody came in they woke up to a woman in the room smoking a cigarette in the dark what and she said she woke up i gotta i'll text her and tell her write that story in you've but you've never told me this She's she and her girlfriend because it was like six or eight girls sharing a, a Airbnb, having you know like a fun girls' weekend and pa, and and you know you're like somebody's in the room with me and she said she looks over in the corner and she just sees the glow of a cigarette. Well, you and smell of, it too, yeah, well, yeah. And none of them smoke, and they're like, <gasps> and then what they say? The woman was like, "What you never seen a, a lady before?" And they're like, "Well, yeah, we all are, and we have and like." How may we help you? And then she said, I'm not leaving. Y'all got to give me something. And they gave her a bottle of rum and she left. She sounded like she was having a tough time. Oh, but, so
0: she was like uh, experiencing some kind of mental health problems and just stumbled in this house? I don't
1: know if she would. They they seemed like she They didn't say she was like... Uh, delusional or uh, aggressive or anything I just I seem to remember it was a little, bit of a strong arm situation of like I'm in here now and you're gonna give me something and then I'll if you give me something I'll leave and nobody gets hurt and they were like okay oh, so she, she knowingly started...
0: broke in and was like Correct, y'all yes. I want some stuff until or, or somebody's gonna get hurt wow that's and so I believe scary. it was like
1: where are your purses and they said hey if we give you this like really nice bottle of, of alcohol will you go and she's like oh yeah okay I'll go I think too maybe you go okay well there's six or eight of them and only yeah. one of me you might go yeah and then they called the police and the police were like we'll we'll go looking for her and they ended up i think they said somebody else had um she had tried their their doorknob so she was just i think just kind of where was this it was in, I think it was in Hot Springs, Arkansas. It was oh, at like wow. a kind of an Airbnb uh-huh. destination-ish place. But yeah, the idea of you open your eyes and anybody's in the room Mm-mm. or like you just see the glow or you see one thing and you're like, your brain starts to put it together. It's like, oh shit. But it's just like, I think, you know, these little snap locks on the handle, mm-hmm. deadbolt, deadbolt chain. Extra... Got to deadbolt it. Got to yeah. deadbolt it. Wow. well Spooky think... stuff. Thank you uh, so much, Piper. I think you might have had experiences before with the paranormal, but that one I think is the normal normal.
0: Yeah, that's the
1: scariest of all the normals. Folks, just breaking in. Well, speaking mm-hmm. of glitches in the matrix, Haley has written in with this subject line, glitch in the matrix or message from another world? Hey y'all, I'm Haley, she, her, and wanted to say I love the show and consider you all my coworkers, since most of my workday is spent alone listening to your podcast while I work. Thanks for the work you do, and I hope you enjoy my story. As I'm writing this story, this incident just happened two days ago, so it's pretty fresh. In fact, I still have chills just thinking about this, but here we go. Each day when I go on my lunch break, I try to go outside and walk a bit, usually go to the small courtyard across the street from my office building. It was a usual lunch, stopped by Starbucks, spent the better half the hour reading Twilight at a table in the courtyard, LOL, please don't make fun of me, then headed back to my office. I work in a rather busy area of my city, and there's a lot of foot traffic, especially at lunchtime. While I know better than this, I typically walk back to work with my AirPods in and noise cancellation on to block out the crazy traffic on the major road beside me. I always feel safe doing this, though, as I'm typically surrounded by familiar faces from my building who decided to do the same thing as me during their break. This day was different, though. As I approached the entrance to my building, there was an unfamiliar woman walking straight toward me. As a courtesy, I slid over to the other side of the sidewalk to let her by. That's when I looked up from my phone to see her. About five feet from me, the woman was frozen there in her long skirt, cardigan, and tote bag making direct eye contact with me. The other people on the street and cars around me seemed to be frozen, on a sort of pause mid-motion. I also remember the podcast, which had been on full volume in my ears just seconds before, fell silent. I was frozen too, no longer making my way to the door that was only a few steps away. I knew I should look away, but I felt drawn to keep watching her. In that split second, She slid her finger up to her mouth, making a shushing face at me with a slight giggle following. She just stood there with her finger over her mouth, slightly tilting her head from one side to the other. As her head moved, her eyes never lost contact with mine. This interaction seemed to last for a solid minute or two. I suddenly felt my hypnotic trance break, and I quickly looked away, pulling my eyes to the ground. I glanced back up, just to reassure myself that it wasn't my imagination. The entire thing had actually lasted seconds, and now everything was moving again. The woman, still in the location where I'd seen her, was now walking forward again, just as anyone else on the street was. She seemed unfazed, like she was unaware that she'd even done the creepy action. She even gave me a slight smile to say excuse me as she passed by me. I'm not quite sure what happened. Was I losing my mind? Was it a glitch in the Matrix? Was it some other type of otherworldly possession with a message for me? Who knows, but I really don't want to find out. I've always been prone to weird happenings, so let's just tack this one onto the list. Maybe one day I'll send some more of those to you all, too. Thanks for reading. Hope you're staying safe and as happy as possible in this crazy world. Haley. I have no explanation for this one. Uh, hate it. it makes me think of that movie. Didn't we recently reference that movie with Denzel Washington? Fallen? Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: fallen. Yeah. 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 Oh, you said that. I thought you said it follows. Yeah. Fallen. Fallen. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Where they're, the demon like passes between people. So, like, a normal person will be walking, and they turn and they're like, hello. And you're like,
0: <laughs> or the your demon hand passed. brushes them on the street. Mm-hmm. This almost sounds like, I mean, I don't know. About glitches in the Matrix, and if I necessarily follow all of that, but it sounds like something creepy and like the woman knew. Time
1: traveler? Yeah, maybe. yes yeah, she saw the, she's from another dimension or something, and she's like, the dimensions are rippling. I gotta pass through, but shh, don't tell anyone I was here. Like, or
0: I don't, don't tell anybody that you gotta, you're seeing how the sausage is made. Right, right. <laughs> Look at your phone, don't pay attention. Well, but what an interesting concept that as much as we're all disconnected and looking at our phones and stuff, who knows how much of this stuff's going on around us, that the other dimensions are like, those idiots are too dialed into their iPhones. They won't even know what we're doing. Good idea for a screenplay, maybe. Done and done. Mm -hmm. That is
1: uh, definitely terrifying, though, to feel like someone is especially in a bustling area crowded strangers someone has not only noticed you is engaging you other people don't notice and then they're they're telling you to be quiet
0: <laughs> and the it's other like, people are frozen it's yes. like time has stood still and it's just you and this lady
1: that is uh, a definitely like a twilight zone kind mm-hmm. of a scene oh yeah but that yeah no explanation like you said glitch in the matrix or I don't know. That's wild. Just keep your eyes out. Maybe she's in the building. You'd be like, hey, remember the other day you shushed me in the lobby?
0: I, yeah. I think I would almost have to go and turn around and follow her and tap her on the shoulder and be like, what the hell was that about? Excuse me, ma'am. And then if she's like, what are you talking about? And and really sincerely you think – she doesn't know what I'm talking about, then may, I would probably, my next step would be to make a doctor's appointment and be like, this happened. Can we maybe do some, uh, what are the things on your brain? A brain scan or something? I like that. You See what's go. going on up there.
1: This the paths diverge in the woods. Cause you go, if I confront her and I'm like, Hey lady, did you shush me? And she says, I don't know what you're talking about. In my head, I'm like, Well, it's clearly a demon. We gotta find maybe like a priest or something. Be like, is there something that can jump from person to person? We gotta get the footage from the lobby, watch what happened at that moment. And you're like, I would go to a professional and ask for assistance.
0: <laughs> I'm like, I would hunt a demon. Mm, I think I would go, um, I would use Occam's razor and just (laughs) mosey my way on over to an urgent care to see what's going on. If I explored all those options and nothing came, maybe then my next step is demon hunting. You call me and uh, I'll be like, I've been waiting. (laughs) I've been waiting for this call. The path of least resistance is usually the one I choose until I can no longer travel on that path.
1: I think it's always the wildest possible
0: scenario. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a gambler. I'm like, it's it. That's
1: it. The 1% idea, it's that one. Well, thank you, Haley. That is eerie. And uh, keep your eyes peeled.
0: Maybe you'll see her in the lobby again. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Haley, and everybody else for sending in your Freaky Friday stories. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you had a brush to true crime, or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being, As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free
1: episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the ruling the airwaves and getting into a tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini so This month, we're looking into the AI internet cryptid lobe, loab, lobe, someone else said.
0: Who's oh, to say? I have been calling them loab. But yeah. I guess it's up for interpretation.
1: Well, until we get an animated Loeb and it starts going, it's pronounced Loeb. <laughs> you're like, no, <laughs> it's talking. It's very creepy. Like you said, some of those images, can't even look at yourself. I had
0: to stop eating. Mm-mm. They made me stop eating. That's how creeped out I was. They're
1: rough. And we also get patron-exclusive video and audio content, including Emma the Asshole Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines, and so much more. And patrons in the Getting Into It tier are also able to vote on a bonus content segment each month that they would like to see us live stream. This month's bonus content live stream, September 29th, 8 p.m. Central, coming up with some uh we're brainstorming to shake it up we're gonna mm-hmm. find something new and uh offline i'll tell you i got i got some uh some i've been trudging the corners
0: of the internet oh christ we'll see what we come up with <laughs> let's see what horrible ideas we're gonna have for this live stream You're we're all going it. we're going to the deep web and nobody can stop us <laughs> Good God. going in the back rooms now that i know what they are oh no yeah You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server, where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally, and we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions. This month, September 27th, 8 p.m. Central. It's always so much fun. No cap. I told you, I'm trying to incorporate more Gen Z jargon into my everyday No language. cap fam, going to so be there's lit. No cap fam, no cap fam. It's uh facts. Period. What what do they what do the job. kids say if you're having a it's going to be fun. What do they say? It's lit. Oh, it's going to be lit. It's going to be lit. I got a crock charm that says
1: lit on it, so that's how I know that's a cool thing to say. <laughs>
0: I just got my Crocs in yesterday, burr, burr, burr. and I will I will show them on the live stream yes. and the q and I'll show them in all my gibbets.
1: Oh, my gosh. I bought a, a boatload of gibbets, but I'm having difficulty selecting them, <gasps> so we can do uh, some live—we can there do input go. on the Q&A, and I'll let you all help me decide, because their Croc—my the the my current ones are Colorado thing. my Crocorados. I want to remove those, and I bought a bunch of Halloween ones so we can be twinning with I our Halloween it. ones. All right. Perfect. For patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership.
0: For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit SinisterHood.com and click Patreon on the top banner. So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of
1: you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. If you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag, like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click
0: Shop on the top banner. The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. You can also share any episode by clicking the three dots in the top right corner and share topic-based playlists from Spotify by visiting Sinisterhood.com slash playlist. All of this means so much to us, and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod,
1: like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood, and catch us on TikTok and YouTube at Sinisterhood Podcast.
0: Christy, where are you out on the internet? I am on Instagram at Christy M Wallace, and I am on TikTok and Twitter at Christy or GTFO. Heather, I am on Twitter at
1: MCK versus the world, and I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Heather versus the world. As
0: always, the devil rules the airwaves, keep it creepy.